Dan, welcome back to our podcast. This month we are talking about mental health and time to talk. For those who are wondering what is time to talk, it's all about breaking the stigma about mental health. I'm David and statistics say one in four of us will experience a mental health problem in any given year. It is about helping people come together to have the nation's biggest conversation about mental health. Hi everyone, I'm Belinda, and a lot of people are affected by mental health. Mental health doesn't discriminate all anyone, any gender, any discrimination, any name or background. But a lot of people suffer in silence because that's what society is telling them to do. Statistics say 72% of 25 to 34 year olds report that they avoid saying how they really feel. An everyday response to how are you would be I'm fine, I'm alright, I'm not bad, I'm okay. These are the answers you give when you're meeting people halfway and can't or don't want to say how you really feel. Or my feelings are eventually the better will build up and the rock like a potato. Having forced about how you feel and and help you they come and bring that better. A lot of people are going through the same thing and we are to learn. In this episode we explore mental health. Encourage each other to talk and explore what services are out there to support us. Come with us on our guided meditation where we practice breathing techniques to help you relax and manage your anxiety. And David from Anxiety UK, not me, talks about the amazing work they have done over the past 50 years. And we talk about what songs motivate us to get out of bed in the morning. We explore the services the Mary Frances Trust offer locally and chat about some of our own anxieties. We will now introduce David from Anxiety UK. My name is Matthew. My name is Tash and I'm known as Kerry's Bell Checker. There's a story in that, isn't there? (laughs) Me too, Kerry. Me too. <laughs> so we're talking today about about Anxiety UK. Good afternoon, David. Hi, good afternoon and lovely to meet you both. Okay, so my first question is, can you tell us a bit about yourself and, and what is Anxiety UK? Yeah, of course, I'd be delighted to. So I'm, I'm Dave Smith, so currently my role is Director of Communications and External Affairs here at Anxiety UK and I've been working with the charity now for just over 11 years. I've done various roles. I started back in 2013 just on a six-month contract covering for, for somebody on maternity leave looking after marketing and communications and then somebody else left during that period and I was asked to stay on and overlook um, our therapy services offer and became eventually became services manager then became operations director about two or three years ago. And just before Christmas, my role changed to my current role. So that's a little bit about me. And you know? the charity itself, Anxiety UK, has been around since 1970. It was formed by a couple called Catherine and Harold Fisher, 
as a result of Catherine's own lived experience of, of agoraphobia, their desire to develop support for others, people that were similarly affected, because you know, they struggled to find any help and support back in 1970. So essentially they set up their own self-help group and that grew and grew to become, it was originally called the Phobic Society, then it morphed into the National Phobic Society and then eventually about 25 years ago, 30 years ago, it became Anxiety UK. But since those early beginnings, we've grown to become very much a national organisation but with an international reach. But we've con- we've always maintained and, and, and kept that user-led ethos about the charity. So we run for and buy and, and run for uh, uh, those with anxiety, anxiety, stress, and anxiety-based depression. Uh, and many of our small staff team, as well as the many volunteers, help us have their own lived experience of anxiety. And they understand the distress, the isolation, and the misery that anxiety can cause. We're, we're a national charity, as I say. We we don't receive any public funding from any source. We're wholly self-sufficient, relying on the kindness of donors and fundraisers uh, and the income that we generate from the provision of a variety of services that we we, we run and manage ourselves to to, 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 to create a, an income stream for the charity. So that's, that's a little bit about us and a little bit about me. I hope that's giving you a flavour of what we're about. Hello, David. It's Tash. Hi, Tash. Some people don't know what anxiety is. Can you tell us what anxiety is for those people that don't understand or don't know? Yeah, anxiety is, um, I suppose it's one of those words we all recognise, we all know, but we don't all understand what it actually means, do we? So, I mean, most of us, most people experience a degree of stress and anxiety at some point in their lives. For, for a lot of us, we, we, you know, we manage it, we cope with it, we just feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable in the moment and maybe for for an hour or two and if we're under a bit of pressure at work or we're having to do something that, that we don't naturally feel comfortable doing. It might be a really good example is, is giving a presentation and that could be at work, could be at school, it could be somewhere you're involved with it as a hobby. You might have to give a presentation to a group of people. It's a really good example where people feel really anxious about doing something like that, public speaking thing. Other people find a whole range of things that cause them to make become anxious. But generally, stress, we sort of talk about stress as a, a response to an external cause. Maybe a, you talk about work as a good example, a tight deadline at work or under a bit of pressure at work. And having an argument with somebody usually can make you feel a bit stressful. But it usually disappears or reduces once that situation has been resolved. The health and safety executive, I think it is, describes stress as the uh, external pressures that are placed or, or demands that are placed on people. So in the work context, it's that, you know, the boss telling you you've got to finish that piece of work by the end of the day. Anxiety is slightly different. And anxiety can actually be caused by stress. If you don't deal with the stress, if you don't find a way to cope and manage the stress, that stress can grow until become anxiety. And anxiety is normally that is described as that feeling internally of apprehension or or dread where in situations where maybe there's not actually a real threat, it's just our perception. And it, it can often as well be very disproportionate to what the situation is. Unlike stress, anxiety can can persist even after a concern has passed in some cases. And it can be, escalate from a feeling a bit anxious and uncomfortable for a day or two maybe into becoming a, a, a really 
strongly developed anxiety disorder, which starts to affect your everyday, day-to-day living. And, you know, it, it is, it's okay for most people to experience short periods of anxiety, maybe before a job interview or, or an exam. But if that's there for a long time, it starts to feel out of proportion. It starts to affect your day-to-day life in a large way. That's when we're talking about anxiety disorder. So it's so strong, that that worry and apprehension, that fear of dread, that you you can't get out of bed in the morning and go to work, or you you can't face the the challenges of the day, and you become very withdrawn. Then we start looking at a variety of different symptoms and, and so that, 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 that's really a, an overview of what what anxiety is, if that helps. And you were saying about um, answers. I get answers when I go to work, and it's fine. And I get answers about, like, or, well, I don't know, about about the dishwasher, it's, it's hard to explain it. That's my yeah. trouble. So what I'm saying is that when I get answers about... And and I talk to some people about it. I get more answers talking to people. Again, that's quite natural because I think with anxiety, it's it's um it's a form of a mental health condition, isn't it? And I think with any kind of mental health condition, we all feel even more worried about talking about. It. There's a huge amount of stigma associated with mental health and having a mental health condition that does not make you feel well. But I was actually talking only yesterday about this on, on, on an interview on, on, on the radio. And I think people perceive mental health conditions as being a permanent condition, a permanent state of, of mind, and it's not at all. I mean, with anxiety, people will often ask us, can you cure me of your anxiety? And we, we say, well, it's quite a, it's a natural emotion. Actually, in some cases, a, a small level of anxiety can be can be helpful and it can, it can help protect us. You, you may have heard of the fight or flight response and it goes back to you know early early days of when when man was still developing and you know cavemen would come across dinosaurs that were threatening their lives they would either stand there and fight the the threat or the worry or the concern or they'd run away you know fight or flight and that's where the saying comes from but what happens now is anxiety can trigger that that fight or flight response maybe unnecessarily our our, our brains are wired to, to recognize worry too strongly. So instead of like, I might go and cross a road and, and be slightly anxious because I'm crossing a main road with a lot of traffic mm. and I'll just be cautious and I'll look up and down and make sure it's clear to cross that road. Mm. But that's where a certain level of anxiety is helpful to us. It protects us. It safeguards us against the threat. But sometimes it's that our brains perceive a threat as greater than it is. That's when the anxiety is not wired. You're not assessing that in your head correctly. What we say is we don't want to cure you of it. We want you to help you manage it. Because if we were to cure you of it, we'd eliminate that worry and that fear altogether. And in the worst case scenario, if we eliminated anxiety from ourselves altogether, when you cross that main road, you wouldn't think twice, would you? You, 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 yeah. you, you wouldn't think about looking up and down. So... It's about not curing anxiety. It's about managing anxiety. So that's what we talk about in that context and help you to, to, to cope with it in a way that you can live with it every day because we all live with it every day. It's just that for some of us, we just cope with it. It just, we brush it off. And so, well, I feel a bit anxious. I'll have to, in some ways, it can be helpful. 
you know, you're worried about a deadline of getting it work. It makes you focus on that job and getting it completed by the deadline so that your boss doesn't shout at you. But if you're wired to the point where you, you can't cope with that deadline, it, it, you actually freeze up and you just stare at your screen all day and don't actually do anything productive. So that's when it's, it's that's the sign, that's the time to feel actually, I can notice my anxiety is so great, it's stopping me doing what I want to do. But you can you can get better. You can in, you know, improve that mental health to the point where you start functioning normally again. You know, with physical health, if we had a, I don't know if we had a cold or if we had a, a sprained ankle from running or whatever, we wouldn't be ashamed or embarrassed about talking about it, would we? Yeah, yeah we think you know, we got on a cold. Like, oh, I fell over at the weekend and sprained my ankle. It's just something you talk about, and yet we don't talk about our mental health in the same way. And we're trying to reduce that stigma. There's lots of campaigns to try and help that, and it's getting better. But until we eliminate the stigma associated with mental health altogether, it's always going to be difficult to have those conversations about feeling anxious. And yeah. it goes back to the original question, I hope. And um, yeah. it is difficult because of that mental that, that stigma associated with mental health. But we, we need to try and overcome that. We need to try and you know, get society as a whole to recognise that Mental health is just another health problem, the same as any other physical health problem. Yeah, no, that's really. And um, um, what can people do if they notice that are feeling anxious? There's, there's there's a lots of lots of things to be honest, Matthew. Some of them are things you can do for yourself without having anybody else involved. So we put under the sort of umbrella term of self help. So that can be simple things. So just in that moment. There's lots of different breathing exercises that can help you help you cope and help manage your anxiety. So we've got a little breathing exercise on our website. There's a little button that you can press and listen to a, a cycle of it, breathing in through your nose, holding that breath for a couple of seconds, and then breathing out through your mouth quite slowly and quite long. There are many different examples of this kind of breathing exercise. It's, what this breathing does is it triggers your parasympathetic nervous system. Okay. The parasympathetic nervous system counteracts the, the anxiety feeling. Uh, and what it is, is about breathing in slowly through your nose, holding that for a couple of seconds, and breathing out longer than you breathe in. So your inhale is shorter than your exhale, and that will help calm it helps calm the body down after doing that for a couple of minutes. Just sort of I'm... breathing in, holding that. Yeah. Breathing out really slowly. And if you try that every day for a couple of days, it can become really helpful. I mean, other simple techniques are distraction techniques and you know, counting things, taking your mind off what's making you worry. Because anxiety is a fear of something. It's your brain that's saying, that's a, that's a danger. That's a, you know, If you tell your brain to stop thinking about that thing it's worried about mm-hmm. and focus it on something else, it stops thinking about the, the, the fear. So, you again, an example is... Just counting backwards from 100, 98, 97, 96. You're focused on counting down in your head. You start thinking about what it was that was making you anxious. Yeah. Um, counting things is, is a good way of distraction. There's there's a, other distraction techniques, breathing techniques, grounding techniques. Um, mm. there, there's a booklet, a, a little booklet of, uh, it's a PDF that you can download from our website on these different techniques, breathing and uh, and stress relieving, uh, stress stress and anxiety relieving techniques that, that that can be accessed from our website, which will just help you. And and we are just about to 
literally in the next few days, we're going to be launching uh, an app, an Anxiety UK app called Anxia. Okay, yeah. It's it's very it's very much it's almost a replication of our website mm. and these little tools. But obviously, you, you know, with a website, you need to carry a laptop or a computer around with you. But with an app these days, the, the, on our phones and tablets, it's so much easier to access these things, isn't it? And there's lots of all these all these booklets are free to access on the app. There's the breathing exercise on the app that you'll be able to able to practice. The, the one that I've just mentioned that's there. Um, so you've got the visual and the audio elements, and there are some other uh, video and, and 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 audio files on the app that, that are self help tools. So that's the sort of first stage is doing things, and then there's other things. Uh, just looking at your your lifestyle, do you exercise regularly? You know, we often associate exercise with 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 physical health. Yeah, exercise is as important for your mental health as it is for your physical health. We, you know, there was a reason why the government were telling us to go out and walk during the pandemic is to get out and get some fresh air, get out into the the fresh air and experience things outside of the home. So we weren't cooped up in the house all the time during the pandemic. Yeah. But that was for our mental well-being as much as our physical health. And our diet, what we eat, there's, there's a growing body of evidence that prove what you eat can have an effect on your brain. So the, the gut microbiome, has a direct impact on the way your brain responds to certain things. So eating healthily can also be good for your mental health and for anxiety. Yeah, uh, because I do that and I feel and I feel marvelous. But if I eat like like treats or chocolate, it's not very healthy really. <laughs> no. I mean it's okay to have the old treat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's called a balanced diet for a reason, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What other services do you offer? Yeah, that's a good question, Tash. So, obviously, there's there's, there's the self help tools I've just talked about extensively there with Matthew, but that alone might not be enough, depending on how how bad your anxiety is, if you like. So, I mean, you could, there are tools to help measure the the degree of anxiety that you're living with. The most problem one is a a tool called the Generalized Anxiety Disorder Scales Seven, GAD Seven. And that will say whether you're, you're living with mild, moderate or severe anxiety, depending on the answers to the seven questions. And if you're on the moderate or higher scale of, of, of anxiety, then self-help tools in themselves might not be sufficient. So you might want to then look at other, other support tools. So we offer access to talking therapies, very similar to the what the NHS would offer um, in the talking therapist program. So... Um, we offer access to cognitive behavioural therapy, uh, counselling, one-to-one counselling, clinical hypnotherapy, compassion-focused therapy, and eye movement desensitisation reprocessing. We see MDR, as everybody calls it, which is a term that most people recognise. So those are the five different types of talking therapies that we offer. Um, we've got a pool of um, several hundred therapists around the country that support our work that we can refer people to. Wow. So that's one of the services that we offer. We also do a series of other uh, things that we developed again during the pandemic. So we have anxiety management courses that run every couple of months. There's a six-week course, six one-hour sessions, every one hour every week for six weeks. <clears throat> one of our Anxiety UK-approved therapists. And they talk you through different tools and techniques to use. So it's like... Um, 
it's more like a group therapy session, but it's not a therapy session so much as more of a, a guide to the different types of therapy that are available. You can use it in a self-help context. So there's our anxiety management courses. We also run a series of courses called Art for Anxiety Relief, where we use art, creative industries, as a tool for people to express their their anxiety, to help manage their anxiety, a release for their anxiety. We do sketching. We do various different types, forms of, of, of arts. We do all of it's available to watch on our website. And, and we we run those as every situation. We've recently completed a crochet course. So six huh? weeks crocheting where people made through crochet, they made a snood for themselves. But it's that interaction of six one-hour sessions with a group of other people talking about what helps them. And then support of other people. I, I talked earlier quite a bit uh, about the stigma associated with mental health. And one of the ways people can find it's easier to open up and talk to somebody about their mental health is talking to somebody else who's got the same lived experience. So what we call peer support, or an online support group. And we run those every week, twice a week, on a Monday and a Thursday for one hour in the evening from 7 o'clock. Again, where you just meet people in the same situation yourself and just share experiences, share support for one another. And it's a, it's a space where you can feel comfortable because you know you're talking to people with the same lived experience and they're not going to be judging you. They're not going to be judgmental or criticising you because they know what it's like that they're living in the same shoes as you as, as somebody living with anxiety. Um, so, yeah, we have talking therapy and courses and groups, and we're constantly developing those services. And as I mentioned right at the outset, those are revenue streams as well. We we try and you know, ask people to make a small payment to, to attend the courses or to, to help the charity survive and, and, and continue to be here for people who need our help and support. Well, that is very, very interesting, David. It is absolutely fantastic when you do. The last question, uh, how do you get people involved? So we have, as I say, we mentioned the website. It's very shortly our, our app's going to be available. You can access, let's say, a lot of the services are available to access there. There's, there's resources, there's booklets, podcasts that you can listen to booklets that you can download from the website free of charge or if you want to go to one of the courses or you want to access our therapy services all the information about how to do that is on there we also have um, as i mentioned earlier a lot of volunteers helping our work supporting our work we have a helpline that's open for for 10 30 to 4 30 outside of the normal working hours on our website we've got a a chat bot called ask anxia and that's a machine learning tool a chat bot that helps guide you to what resources are on our website so you can say look you might not be able to find something you can put in the chat box well what information do you have about we just put a blog on our website about hair loss and anxiety because obviously somebody living with alopecia would, would be very anxious about the hair loss situation so we've done a joint piece of work with alopecia uk on that and there'll be lots of other resources so the chat box will say oh you might want to look at this page and they'll send you back a link to the page on the website and we also have volunteers who just support us in terms of they might write some of the blogs, they might uh, road test new new services for us. So we've had a group of people doing the uh, Exia app that I mentioned that's going to be launched in a few days. They've reviewed that for us and given us some feedback on how that looks and feels. We've got a pool of volunteers. We call it the participation group. They might read a new book and give us a book review. They might 
yeah, they do lots of different tasks for us to support us at our work because we are only a, a small staff team. There's only seven of us in, in, in the team at Anxiety UK. So the, the volunteer pool helps us in, in, in many ways. So you can get involved by you know, accessing the services yourself, accessing the, it's all very easy. We've got at the top of the website an access, accessibility tool where you can you can access um, uh, various different support tools on the website. It could it it could uh, convert the text into audio for you. It can convert it into a whole range of different languages. You can magnify the text and, and all sorts of things. So we're trying to make it as well very accessible from an inclusivity and 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 diversity perspective as well. We think that's very important. So hopefully that's given you some insight into what we do or how you can how you can access the services maybe it's lovely to it's lovely to talk to you and it's been absolutely great talking about society uk thank you so much well thank you thank you both tash and, and, and matthew for inviting me to come and join you thank you kerry for facilitating it and um yeah it's been great to meet you all If you want to take five minutes, up next is Poppy Hammond, who presents a guided meditation. Hi, my name's Poppy. Today, I want you to take five minutes for yourself to calm and de-stress for any worries that you may have. Get into a comfortable position. Close your eyes and take a deep breath to relax your body and mind. Stop by thinking about your body any areas of tension, pain, or tenderness, and with each breath, imagine those areas relaxing. Breathing. And now, go to your place in your mind that makes you feel happy and relaxed. Think about where you are. Is it hot? Oh, cold. What noise can you hear? Can you smell anything? Is it quiet and calm? 
or the hustle and bustle. Feel each breath as you inhale and exhale. Breathe in and out. Think about your breathing. Don't overthink it. If your mind wanders, begin it back to think about each breath. Breathe it in and out. It's easy to get lost in the fast lane, but take this moment just to calm and think about the one thing that you are grateful for today and take this moment Appreciate it as you're breathing in and out. With that gratitude, take a deep breath. Slowly think about your body again. Take your time. Don't rush. Come back, slowly, open your eyes, take a deep breath before getting back to your day. I need a great way to make a difference to your community. The conservation of cartilage affects everyone, meeting people, so to put food on the table. The community fish and all long needs help in this hill helps feed people every week. We are always looking for the license. Some needs you could donate cancer, rice and pasta, cereals and snacks, long life milk, baby foods, hygiene budgets. Toiletries and more. Please bring your donations to 49 Pine Coast, Wake Hill, IH1 on the HT. From Thursday morning, between 10 to visit the Korean Fish. Thank you very much for your help. Nobody goes hungry in our neighbourhood. My name is Salvatore and now Navid, David, Andrew and Corinda talk about their mental health. Hi, I'm Martin. I'm a member of uh, Joyce's Race and I'm with my new colleague Navid. Hello, my name is Navid. So how are you feeling today? Hi, I'm David. I'm feeling okay at the moment. This morning, I've managed to 
you know, just about get through my routine, but I feel like I'm eventually going to go for an afternoon nap against family wishes, but I have to blame the dog for that because the dog's been barking all morning. My siblings, they're usually, um, they're usually more active than I am. My family's often trying to stay in shape and I'm I'm not like that, you know, apart from swimming on like Friday afternoons. What made you take up swimming? My parents. So do you think it was a good thing they made you in the end though? Not quite, if I feel like there's no improvement. What would make you more likely to enjoy swimming or enjoy exercise, do you think? I'd say good weather, probably if yeah, if I didn't feel like, you know, being ordered to do it. So do you feel a lot of pressure from society to go swimming when you don't even want to? And do you think there's a lot of pressure nowadays from society and that make us feel we need to live up to some high expectation? Yes, absolutely. It's always feeling like I can't do this without feeling like I'm being breathed down the back of my neck. You know, even if it can be out of protection, even if it can be out of love. I know I'm going away very soon, yeah, but but it's the motivation to go. It's the motivation just to just to to get myself prepared you know in my case i feel like there's not much of a payoff i feel like there isn't really much change with me one thing keeps me motivated is music if i have a playlist on my phone or i can keep myself motivated like some uplifting tunes will keep me going so do you think we should be using music to motivate us in the morning instead of having like a really annoying alarm clock every day that everyone just wants to click snooze on? Do you think it would actually motivate you to wake up more if it was like your favourite song? I think so, because it depends. If you if you got a favourite song that you want to set as a alarm, yeah, then then you can be in a, in a really good mood. Okay, so here we've got a list of some of the best songs you can wake up to. These are songs that won't have you waking up with a headache, they'll have you waking up with a smile instead. So we've got Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Too predictable, good but too predictable. We've got Snap Out of It by the Arctic Monkeys. I would kind of want to wake up to that, but I, for me that's more of a pub anthem than a motivational anthem. We got On Top of the World by Imagine Dragons. Be down with that one. And we have a classic with Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham. Yeah, I guess that would be the one a lot of people would settle on. I wouldn't really go with a song. I think the issue here is that I don't use alarms, and even if I did, I wouldn't put a song with them. Um, seeing the one of the songs did bears I got you babe which obviously associates with Groundhog Day you know I feel like mentally that's how I feel a lot of the time do you mean you kind of wake up and feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again yes I mean with some with some differences what things would you change if you could about your everyday so it doesn't feel like Groundhog Day just usual just wishing just wishing the whole world was better because then even if it was a lot of the same stuff it wouldn't make me paranoid it wouldn't make me you know it wouldn't make me feel anxious about certain days 
What sort of triggers your anxiety the most then, would you say, about the world? Stuff in the news, stuff on social media. Normally I've been um, starting my Mondays off with trying to look for clips of last week tonight of like the episode that's aired and just sort of see what's been talking about then and then just try and get into the rest of the week. Do you think social media makes it worse? I mean, yeah, but it's too addictive to break out of. A direct quote from the Priory says, if social media is used too excessively, it can lead to mental health challenges, including anxiety, depression, eating disorders and addictions. What is everyone's relationship with social media and do we think this statement is true or false? I do think in some way it is true because when social media sites like Facebook and Twitter started, they sort of started a bit innocently. It depends, right, on what people are posting. Not only people on the internet, like there can be scammers, like fake news out there, like just that one that saying that the world's gonna end. Okay, just for a step, but I think they need to have more protection on on the social media. Not everything is blue. Some of are blue and some of it are not blue. Well, yeah, all those untrue things that they can they can pop up. Yeah. Or that will suddenly follow. And you could be hooked on it just because there could be something in common with with what you like that that bot apparently also likes. I think in its current iteration, it's very dangerous because of exactly for the reason you said it, the way that's worked, it will lead you into it and it won't take mental consideration into effect. Yeah, it's going to be hard i think to find a good balance between personal privacy and related content you know a data issues it can impact on people as well you can in your head never like you on social media let the whole world know oh what we are what is it or now not the whole world needs to know what you're thinking yeah like so do you think no. it's made people made people say too much and everyone has to just say everything yeah. all the time now because yeah. of social media? Yeah. Yeah, like, because, um, because like in the text box, you know, you've got that question, what's on your mind or what's happening, but you then feel like having to say something. Do you think social media can be overwhelming for things like that? Just too many yeah. people all yeah. the time, I mean, everywhere, always saying something, so much to yeah. keep up with. No, it ain't right. People want to copy each other. Twitter want to copy Facebook. Facebook want to copy Instagram. Yeah. Instagram want to copy TikTok. Everyone wants to copy each other. Yeah. Come on. Even Facebook, not enough easily. Yeah. People. Andrew doesn't use social media. Why don't you use social media, Andrew? Well, it doesn't interest me. I think most people associate it with negative, but it can be a force for uh, well, or a, a positive thing. I say I'm not going to say force for good, but it can be a positive thing. So, how have you guys been doing? 
I've been pretty good. You know, I've recently started working here, so it's been fun getting to know everybody. It's been fun sort of working out how the job works. How have you been, Martin? Yeah, I've been okay, thank you. Just been working and doing other bits and pieces just to keep myself busy for the time being. How are you doing, Andrew? Doing pretty good. Um, I don't really have much to complain about. Currently, it's going to be my day. We wanted to know here at Choices Waves what songs would help people be motivated to get up out of bed in the morning and carpe diem. Hi, this is Rosie here, and the song that gets me up in the morning is Don't Speak by No Doubt. Hi, it's Martin here for Choices Waves, and the song that wakes me up every morning is Bob Marley and the Raiders with Three Little Birds. Sally Collins, I listen to Radio 2. And why does Radio 2 get you out of bed in the morning, Sally? All I do is switch it on. And how does it make you feel when you listen to Radio yeah, 2? Feel, feels mm. makes me feel good. Sets you up for the day? Yes. Yeah, full of positivity? Yes. Do you have a favourite radio presenter? Win it, Wine Win Evans. Yep. And Zoe Ball as well. Because I like the music on there. I mix of, do a mixture of songs. Yeah. Let's hear them on there. So brilliant. Where is it? Do you like tune this in the Listen to the 50s. I have Malcolm Vaughan. Know all his songs. What is it about singing that you like? I'm not, never nervous. I just get up and do it. I've been coming to the centre since I was 16. We go to the River Barnes Theatre. We have sing-song there. Yeah. And we have coffee as well. Biscuits. Let's uh, we talk to Mary Francis Trust about mental health issues. I am Belinda and I am joined by Yangby. And we are now joined by Connie of Mary Francis Trust. Hello, Connie. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm I'm Connie. I am the communications lead at Mary Frances Trust, and Mary Frances Trust is a mental health and emotional well-being charity. And this is very exciting because we are celebrating our 30th anniversary, so 30 years since we were created. And we had quite an impressive growth in the last 30 years. We started as a clubhouse. Um, mental health support group in Leatherhead and now we are a leading mental health charity in Surrey and we support adults from the age of 16 onwards with any mental health or emotional well-being issues that they might have and all our services are free. Speaking of what services do you offer? We have quite a few services that I will probably not go through all of them otherwise I will take over the whole podcast but I will tell you about the ones that people can refer themselves to that's probably the most helpful. So one of our key services is called Community Connections, um, and that's a website. And that's sorry, that's um, a service you can refer yourself to from our website. We have a referral form on our website, the registration form, um, and that's for anyone with any mental health issue who would like some support. And we deliver that support through individual one-to-one 
have goal setting sessions where we discuss you know what you'd like to achieve and how to get there and also unlimited access to welding activity so those are arts and crafts nature activities so help connect with nature physical health activities so things like yoga football zumba things like this as self-help courses so things like how to improve your self-esteem how to manage anxiety and so on things that give you sort of tools to manage your own your own mental health and here's a full group that's a huge aspect of what we do every activity is delivered in a, in a small group with people who have an understanding of mental health issues and are very accepting and are very supportive of each other and that's really really powerful so that's community connection anyone can refer themselves to it and we really recommend it for anyone who's on a waiting list for example to receive some further support because we don't have a waiting list and everything is free. So it really is it's really a no brainer. We deliver things online and face to face in Banstead, Mole Valley, Exomanual and Elwood Bridge. Another service that we have that you can refer yourself to is the wellbeing advice and information. So if you have practical issues, for example, debt or benefit issues that are affecting your well being and you need some support with that, that's Lenny. He's uh, she's absolutely brilliant and she will support you going through everything with you. We have a dedicated service for financial and well-being issues together, also in Epsom and Ewell. That's a new service to deliver in partnership assistance advice. And that's for people who have financial difficulties that are affecting their well-being and would like some support with both aspects. So that's like a really exciting service. Again, uh, you can refer to that service on our website. You can either email us at info at maryfrestra.org.uk or email the service directly, which is F. For uh, financial, W for well-being, S for support, and S for service. But S W S S at Mary and all the EK. Two other services that I mentioned really quickly. One is called Safe Haven, and that's a crisis support service. So that's a in the evening, every evening of the year, six pm to eleven pm. Uh, we have the one in Epsom because that's our area. But there are five services like this in Surrey, in Redhill, Woking, Gilwood. And that's for people who are very vulnerable and are feeling either suicidal or self-harming. And it is to help them de-escalate from a crisis situation to be able to wait and get support during the daytime. So that's service every day of the year, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. And now one is in the epsilon of the Brickfield Centre. And the final service that we have, which is self-referral, is called STUN, Service User Network. And we deliver it in partnership with Syrian Borders Partnership and it's just Foundation Trust. And that's a service for people with really difficult emotions that are often associated with personality disorder. You do not need to have a, a personality disorder diagnosis to access, but if you feel like your emotions are so strong that getting in the way of you having a normal relationship or holding a job and so on, and you would like some support, this is the place to go. And again, if you go on our website, www.maryfrancisstrass.org.uk, and you go to How We Help in the Primary Care Services section, we have Sun. And you just email the email address to uh, to register. And these these are peer support groups where people support each other through sharing their experiences and victories and struggles together. So that's really really powerful. These are the main services, but they're not all of them. But that's probably the most relevant one too. How can people get involved by doing so yes, there are many ways to get involved with us. You can either work for us, obviously, or become a client. But there's different ways to 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 uh, support us, if you will. So one of them is through volunteering. 
So we we offer volunteering at Mary Frances Trust. There's different types of volunteering. Uh, we have a brilliant volunteer coordinator called Matthew, um, who can tell you all about what we're looking for at the moment. We have also a section on our website uh, on supporters and volunteer page where we advertise for positions that we're looking for at the moment. So you can volunteer with us. It can be to be um, a co-facilitator on our, on our groups, or it can be to support a member of staff with some admin. It really is very varied. Another type of volunteering we have is the advisory group. So we are very big on what we call co-production at Mary Frances Trust. This is something that we've had since we were created. We really believe that to deliver services of quality, it's best to develop the services with people that will benefit from them. So our own clients would be help us to help services together um, rather than us building something for people without consulting with them, if that makes sense. So we have an advisory group, which is a group of volunteers who have the experience of mental health issues and who advise us on lots of different aspects of the charity um, to make sure that we always think about people in the right way. We develop things with them from the beginning and not, not at the end and so on. So if that's something that you'd be interested in, making a difference in terms of delivering mental health um, services or giving your advice on strategic work that we might be doing, that might be something for you. Um, so again, get in touch with us at, at, at Trust.org.uk. that's something you'd like to do. Um, another way to support us is through uh, fundraising and donations. We're lucky that we are uh, supported by many contracts, but having extra donation gives us a bit more freedom to do things that we value and to go a bit, a bit further with some of the projects that we want to do. So things you can do in that respect is um, to donate to us, either monthly or yearly or weekly, whatever it might be, to a, bun- a birthday fundraiser, for example, to a challenge event if you're quite into a sporty things, even if it's a walk. We have a wonderful um, fundraising officer, Biba, who can help you with this, setting up a page and everything. Um, if you work for a big corporate that have Charity of the Year partnership, for example, any nominators to be the, the charity that your company might be able to support. That would be really great if you have a team away day so that you'd like to invite Mary Frances Trust to speak about mental health and raising mental health awareness. You know me, there's many, many ways to support us. And if you, uh, or you can also support us in terms of mental health awareness. That's another really big area where, where we, uh, we operate, we deliver services, but we really feel that we also have to complain for greater mental health awareness. So we have a blog platform on our website and we're always very keen to have people blogging, sharing real experiences of mental health issues, um, whatever the, the topic might be. We have a big variety from talking about ADHD to bipolar to having depression to being a dad to uh, being LGBT to having an eating disorder. Really, there are many, many ways to share an experience and it's always really powerful for people to feel like they're not alone in facing whatever they might be facing and to hear from someone who might have gone to the other side of the journey and have a positive outcome is incredibly powerful. Have you noticed any changes in people's attitudes towards mental health? Time to Talk promotes people talking and breaking down the stigma of mental health. Have you noticed any changes? I think it's undeniable that we're talking more and more about mental health. It's everywhere, isn't it? It, it? We have lots of mental health campaign. We have lots of movies about mental health. So we are definitely more t- talking about it more and more. And it's really um, encouraging to see young people as well being way way more in tune with, with their feelings. I hear my children, for example, 
saying things like, oh, you hurt my feeling when you say this, which is something that I don't recall telling my parents um, when I was that age. So that's really positive. I see it on curriculum in schools. Mental health is, is really prevalent, well-being. That's really, really positive. There's always It's always difficult to reach everyone. There's people who don't want to hear about it. And these are the harder groups to, to target. There are people who were born at a generation that is not really talked about and for them to change and and being really outspoken about how they feel is going to take quite a while. But I do think we are talking more and more about it. More and more people are reaching out for services. But I think there's always room to grow. And I think we need to keep going. And breaking the stigma about around health is something that obviously we we are, we are part of. Ameritrust is one of the lead providers of Glossary, which is the local campaign in Surrey to fight against stigma and discrimination with mental health. And it's about trying to find where the stigma is and then trying to, to break it because... Is stigma who stops people from getting getting help. So sometimes that stigma is our own. Sometimes it's from our families, or it can be colleagues, or family, or our surroundings. Um, and the best way to to keep the fight is not to rely on on mental health charity like us to do all the work. It, every single one of us can play a part in in breaking stigma by being more honest about how we feel and being more vulnerable on purpose. And that's really hard because we we live in an era where Social media tells us that we need to boast about everything that's really positive about our life. Look how great my life is right now. But on the other hand, uh, having a real honest conversation about how you're truly feeling and being vulnerable about not everything being perfect is actually really powerful. And the best way to encourage everyone to do this is to do it yourself. If you're not feeling your best, instead of pretending everything's like, actually, maybe do you actually say to someone you trust, actually, I'm having a bit of a bad week. How about you? I don't know. Things are really tough right now. And by dividing that vulnerability, that's how you tell others that you are a safe pair of hands that people can actually open up to you and be vulnerable back with you. And the more you do it, the more, without realizing, the more you are kind of opening up conversations and you are changing society. So we are on the right tracks, um, but I think there's still a lot of work to be done. And I don't think the, 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 the work will ever really end. We need to be going. I know what Billy, right? He's very good, but uh, what do you mean? Anything in human formats? We, we have been working on getting more accessible communications. Um, easy read is probably the next step because unfortunately it, it comes at a cost. We have to, to pay for a company to produce those for us. So we've done, we've done it on new services. Uh, so when we launched uh, our financial and wellbeing support service, we, we used easy, easy read formats, but it's not on everything. And I do, I do know we have quite a way to go there and be a way more accessible, but we're working on it. Um, and someone actually got in touch with us this week asking us if we have any easy read formats on, on our current leaflet. So this is a conversation we're having internally at the moment about how can we be more inclusive? We've we've already started to be more inclusive in, on social media. Um, we have a, a, a talking calendar on our website. So the calendar of activities that we have, for example, um, as part of community connection, we've created a talking calendar version for people who find it difficult to read a table. Um, so things like this, it's something that we, we're aiming towards, but I know we have a way to go and it's not enough yet, but we are working on that. Um, uh, yeah. What are your own thoughts on 
social media impacting people's mental health? I think, unfortunately, we, we all are part of the problem. We all have social media and we all kind of a little bit now developing our own brand on social media and pretending that everything's better. But you know what? I think sometimes, sometimes we think that's all there is to social media. But lately, I've seen a, a friend of mine who's going through cancer and he's been blatantly brutal and really honest about how he's feeling. And I have found that unbelievably inspiring to have someone going through something as tough as this and to be like, well, you know what, guys, I'm having a bit of a crap day. And the response to this has been incredible. Everyone's like sharing a message of support and encouragement. So I think it's up to us to turn social media to our advantage and not sharing just the good bits, but maybe the days when we're struggling and being like, actually, I'm having a really tough time I could I could use a bit of support and I think you'll be surprised how many people are ready to to come forward and support you so it's up to us to kind of change social media and turn that around on its head and also not sharing just the glamour of our life but actually sharing a dreary Monday picture and being like I've done actually nothing productive this weekend and I'm feeling a bit rubbish about it and actually people will be like I've done nothing either and I think I think that the, the, the misconception is some people have better lives than others, and maybe you're just really unlucky. I think we can all have terrible days and wonderful days, and it is up to us to share that and being really honest. It's about honesty and vulnerability and being brave enough to be honest about the days when things are not going our way, because I think it actually makes everyone feel better when we are being really honest and not instead of pretending everything's okay what are the sort of fundraisers that you do when you said you do a lot of fundraisers are they like things people can get involved in it's kind of led by what people want to do so we get a few places at the london marathon we get places at the brighton half marathon but it's also if you for example want to do a specific event then talk to us about it and we'll support you to achieve that so sometimes it's easier to get a place through us but we we have this bit of a chicken and egg situation and if we ask for lots of faces and then no one does it then it's a bit of a waste so let us know if you're, there's something that you're, you're really keen to do and we'll look look into it for you and, and try and help you to do that and if we can't do it this year we can always work on it for next year if, if we're too late to apply for the faces but I do know that we have um, places for the London Marathon so if anyone's interested in that do let us know Top Mudders it doesn't have to be hardcore it could be a 5k it could be uh, something that you organize yourself um it really it, it, it there's no limit to it it really is whatever you want to be skydive if you're that brave no no <laughs> don't blame you i don't think i'm kids i don't think i kid <laughs> come and have a look at our website so www.maryaprocesstrust.org.uk have a look in the section how we help that gives you an, um, a good overview of all the services that we do offer but in general, I would say, please, if you are struggling, please get some help. Even if it's not our help, I would love you to feel confident and in being vulnerable and opening up and saying, actually, I'm having a tough time. I would really like some help because there is always something that we can do. It never stays the same. You can always improve how you feel, even in the most desperate cases. So it is really important to always ask for help. And there are way more people who are prepared to listen than people who are not. So if you don't know where to start, it can be talk to your GP. It can be talk to a friend that you know is not going to push you back. Talk to someone that you trust. 
And if it can't be any of these people, come and talk to the Mary Francis Trust. We will be here. This is what we are set up to do. We are here to listen to you. And there will be no judgment. And we will tell you everything that you can do to support yourself. Because I, I personally have been on a journey when I've been very, very depressed, very, very anxious. And I really, I'm lucky that I've always believed in the power of mental health support. And I've always fought it a few times in my life. And I have always benefited from it, without a doubt. I would, I would, I have transformed my life through therapy. I have transformed my life through self-help. There's many ways to support yourself. It does not have to be sitting or on a chair and talking to a counselor. It can be doing arts and crafts with us. It can be doing a yoga with us. It can be joining a course. It can be talking to a counselor. It can be just running um, and doing your local half marathon or a local race or whatever it is. Find the thing that makes you feel better and do it. And if you don't know what it is, just start a journey of self-exploration. That's really important. He's celebrating in, in the big way is Mental Health Awareness Week, which is in May. And this year, the theme is movement, why moving is important. So we'll be doing lots of activities around this, promoting our physical activities to keep you in the loop. You want to, uh, to join us? Definitely. Well, I like to thank you for joining us. My name is Linda. Thanks again for joining us and helping us out with our with the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm honoured to be invited that you've thought of including us, and I really hope people have enjoyed what we've talked about. Oh yeah. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and then I fascinated that that will get you talking more. If you've been affected by anything we spoke about in this podcast, then there are a list of contact helplines in the description. I'm David. I'm And I'm Andrew. And I'm Navid. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening.